Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Yesterday... My guy, Dub, could not figure out how to work the phones. Danny, uh, Danny G, do we have any update on Dub and his ability to handle the phones? Yes, Clay. There was a news release put out yesterday by the engineering department in Nashville, Tennessee. Dub has officially been trained. Dub, is, uh, is Dub there? Is he in the studio early this morning? I'm here. I'm here. All right. So we are going to attempt to see whether or not you can take phone calls. It's a big moment here. 877 877- Nine nine six six three six nine. Dub is back on the clock today. We're going to see if in day two, our official phone screener and call savant is able to actually put people up who call in. Several of you pointing out that we didn't have 16 winners and 16 losers. We had 15 winners, 15 losers, and two who tied. Thank you to the Browns and the Steelers in week one in the NFL. And one of the teams that I think people should be nervous about is not even a team that lost. It's the Steelers. The seven teams that I said should be the most terrified about the season so far. You should be panicked. Bills, Titans, Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Lions, and the Raiders. Two of those I think you can pull out. Because the Bills and the Cardinals can tell themselves, you know what, we drafted a quarterback in the first round. This season was about figuring out whether or not we drafted a good quarterback and starting to turn the page on the franchise. But the Titans, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Lions, and the Raiders all had hopes of winning their division and or advancing the playoffs as a wild card. Of those teams, 
which one should be the most nervous? Which one should be the most panicked, Danny G? Is it okay for me to say there's a tie? Yes. I'm going to say the Steelers and the Raiders in a tie because what, we expect yeah, what, what reason for? Because we expect so much out of the Steelers organization and the the drama that they have with Le'Veon Bell and the descent with the O-line. We've talked about it on the show and you made a good point that you rarely see the O-line call out a player because of money or a contract like that. So that just tells you that the players on the Steelers are not huge fans of his personally because he told them one thing, he did another thing, so they don't trust him. And if you're not trusted in your own locker room and you're supposedly the star on the team who wants quarterback money, even though you're not a quarterback, you better be there for the team and you better be kicking ass on the field. And if you're sitting at home and you have a Jerry Maguire, uh, not Jerry, how about Bob Sugar? You have a Bob Sugar type agent telling you to sit at home on your couch while your team's getting their butt kicked on the field, then there's a problem. And then with John Gruden, there's lots of question marks because he's a great play caller. And I love the modern wrinkles that he put into the Raiders offense. It was really evident, especially on the Raiders' first drive, which, which looked super powerful and had Raider fans so excited. And then by the second half, Raider fans are pulling their hair out, wondering what the hell is going on with Derek Carr and him and the non-chemistry with other players on the team. That's supposedly what Gruden was grinding on the entire, you know, OTAs, practices, preseason games with him. So that wasn't shown in the second half. Instead, the Rams blew the doors off the team. But it, is it because it was the Rams? Is that the question? Are, are the Raiders going to look better against the Broncos? Let's hope so. And I hope Derek Carr heels in a hurry because I miss watching him at the peak of his game rather than what we're seeing right now. Eddie Garcia, who should be the most panicked? I don't think there's any question it should be the Raiders. Uh, and I will say as a Steelers fan, and you can take this for what it's worth, I think they can lose this week against Kansas City and still not be panicked because the division they play in is so awful. They are going to win that division regardless of if they lose to Kansas City this week. But the Raiders, look, they did trade Khalil Mack. I think the locker room is wondering – you know, what are we doing? Uh, and then you go out and lose your first two games. Uh, and I think it's, I just think it's the Raiders. I think they're definitely in panic mode right now. I can put up a poll question here and say, okay, of the teams that need to be most panicked, I think you can pull out. I gave seven options Bills, Titans, Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Lions, and the Raiders based on everything that went down. I think, again, we can pull the Bills and the Cardinals out because they have rookie quarterbacks. I think the Cowboys definitely have to be on this list. I think the Titans definitely have to be on this list. Maybe the Lions and the Raiders, because the Steelers at least tied. As bad as they were, and I don't even know how you classify a tie, maybe that's at least some sort of saving grace. All right, let's. we, we got Dub. Dub, are you there? I'm here, baby. All right, so we have a couple of these test cases here. Uh, who do we want to try out here to see whether or not they actually work? Let's go with Danny G and Sherman Oaks real quick. As yeah, a all right. Danny G is calling now from Sherman Oaks. Let's see if that works, if we can put pot Danny G up. Let's see. Guys, I just walked out onto the sidewalk on Sepulveda Boulevard here in Sherman Oaks, California. Am I live on the air? Yes, it yeah. actually worked. Yes, we now have functional phones. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Danny G. All right, do we want to go to the actual callers now and see how they go? Let's see if this works. Uh, Jeremy in Alabama. Jeremy, hey. what's up? Hey, man. How you doing? I love your show. Uh, now, what you're talking about, these teams that should be on a panic, you know, 
I, I got a team that you know should be panicking, but I don't think I don't think it. I don't think it's a big deal right now. And it's the Atlanta Falcons, and we all watched how they basically screwed the game over with uh, with the offensive coordinator. And, Hold on, uh, let's pause. Let's pause here a second, Jeremy. Are you drunk? No, uh, no, but you know I am Are a you high? fan, and no. You just sound like this all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it's uh, early in the morning, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. But, uh, but. Because I'm going to be honest is, with you, know, you, Jeremy. If I were a cop pulling you over right now, I'd be like, you're doing the, the walk test. Let's pause here for a sec. Dub, you're taking calls. Do you think Jeremy's drunk? I hope so. Does he sound drunk or is that just me? He does sound a little twisted. Yeah, all right. All right, back to Jeremy. Jeremy's worried about the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, when you come out and you have five five red zone attempts and you can't do nothing but score a touchdown and some field goals, and you basically just give the Eagles the chance to win the game and they won the game, you know, I think there's a little concern there, but maybe not as much as concern as a as the Cowboys. And, you know, I will say this about the Cowboys. They won't win a championship as long as the owner is who he is, and that's Jerry Jones. But uh, thank you for letting me call on in. Yeah, but Jerry Jones already won a couple. Jerry Jones had comments today where he said, you know, Dak Prescott is somewhere in between Jared Goff and Cam Newton. And I'm like, those quarterbacks aren't that different. Uh, Jerry Jones, a lot of his comments don't necessarily make a lot of sense anymore. Who should we go to next, Dub? We got Bama Bruce. Where is Bama Bruce? Is he in Alabama as well? I would assume. Yeah. Dub, what you have to do is you have to ask them where they're from, too. We got to make sure here. Uh, Bama Bruce. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm excellent. Great. A uh, couple of things just real quick. I do think the Bills should be worried, not as much because of this season we expect to be bad this season, but moving forward, just the terrible decisions made in the front office, just I don't see a lot of hope going forward in subsequent seasons for it to get any better anytime soon. I know it went to the playoffs last year, but it just didn't feel right, and it doesn't feel like they're making the right moves at quarterback and other positions going forward. And then on the Le'Veon Bell thing, one of the most important things we always try to teach people growing up is, you know, know your worth and go out and get what you're worth. So I get all the controversy with what the offensive line is saying, but I don't think it's fair to say, hey, you know, just shut up and play. Just, you know, accept less than what you think you're worth. Because if you think you're worth something, you should go out and get it, in my opinion. Yeah, but you also have to, I think, rely on the fact that if you're a running back, and in particular in football, everybody that surrounds you on the offense or defense helps to make you worth what you are worth. And I think all of the offensive linemen for the Pittsburgh Steelers feel like uh, Le'Veon Bell really hasn't lived up to his obligations as a teammate. Let me get a couple more of these calls in. William in which Charlottesville, Virginia? William in Charlottesville. Hey, Clay. uh, Love the show, man. Uh, Look. Big, uh, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, always have been. So we definitely have to be worried. Panic mode for sure. But to Eddie Garcia and Danny G, I'm also a big soft spot for the Raiders. My uncle was the defensive coordinator in the 80s. So I just kind of, it's a soft spot for him. It's Gruden's first year. Like the Raiders are fine. They're going to be fine. They looked good in the first half. Everybody's hyped. No panic for the Raiders. They shouldn't have got rid of Khalil Mack, though. That was really stupid. But it's Gruden's first year. They're going to survive. They'll be okay. Super Bowl in the next three years. They'll be there. 
No Bold prediction. For the Raiders. Bold prediction. Jose in Fremont. What's up, Jose? What's up, man? Little show. Diehard Raider fan. You guys know that. I'm a season ticket holder. I, I'm, I'm done with the car, man. I'm fed up. It's like, how many excuses are we going to keep running up? And what do you think look, has happened with Carr? Is it the broken leg? Like that, That's the thing I can't figure out because he broke his leg and his career got broken with it, and he supposedly is back 100%. But if you look at his numbers before the leg break and after the leg break, he's nothing similar anymore. I, the, his, bro, I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm from the hood. I'm from the streets. I grew up on the streets. It's just not. The dude, has, his manhood has been taken, bro. He's got no confidence, straight up. He got hit low. After he got hit low on the uh, – Penalty call. He like he went into like he. I don't know what happened to dude. He got spooked after that. Yeah, it's it's wild. I don't get it. Uh, thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, Josh in Indianapolis. Josh, what's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Two points. First off, I don't know who said the Steelers are a lock to win the division if they go and two because uh, the one team we're not talking about today that went zero and one is the Indianapolis Colts, who should be very worried. They're looking at zero and six in my opinion, if you look at their schedule. But the Bengals, the Ravens, and even the Browns look better. Uh, I don't know what this guy's thinking. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, the the, the Steelers, was it Eddie who said he thought they – I mean, the Ravens did look pretty good in week one. Yeah, it was so against I the think Bills. Yeah, yeah, it's true it was against <laughs> the Bills. Yeah. But uh, I, I do think if you're a Ravens fan, there's a reason for cautious optimism. We'll see what happens in week two for the Ravens. Uh, and the Steelers obviously sitting there at 0-0-1. I'm going to put up the poll question right now, by the way. And the, the poll question is going to be, which of these four teams that lost, because a bunch of people are going to say the Steelers that lost, the Steelers tied, and doesn't have a first-year rookie quarterback, first-round rookie quarterback, looked the worst in week one. And I'll see what the reaction is going to be. We've got uh, the Titans in the mix. We have got the uh, the Cowboys the Lions, and the Raiders. I think those four were maybe the most scary from overall results. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bone constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, I'm going to start off here. Sunday New York Times. I'm flipping through. Usually I don't think of Animal Thunderdome when I read the Sunday New York Times. They had a huge article about a tiger in India and the tiger in India this one tiger that they have identified via DNA testing has killed 12 people we got a serial killer tiger on the loose in India the tiger population has been increasing substantially in India and this female tiger she has a couple of cubs has killed 12 people in India, and they are right now trying to get the okay to kill the tiger. And I can't believe that it's not an easy decision to make when the tiger has killed 12 people. They can't figure out why the tiger has suddenly decided that it likes humans 
But every now and then, these man-eating lions and tigers, they get a taste for human blood and they become effectively serial killers. Twelve people dead at the hands of this one tiger in India. So if you think you have a rough day to start off, imagine that you live near this Indian village where 12 people have been killed by the same tiger. Clay, do you know if they were killed one at a time? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. How is that thing still alive? Yeah, they, they haven't been able to, uh, to to track it down and kill it. So, um, I mean, I think it's partly that tigers are endangered and they don't know exactly what the rules are. But, yeah, look, the people are in that region are losing their mind because they're like, hey, 12 people have been killed here. Let's uh, let's get the tiger and actually kill him. And uh, and so, yeah, this is uh, it's an unbelievable story. But to have killed 12 people, I mean, it's a big enough story that the New York Times picked up on it and wrote about it. So, uh, so yeah, 12 people all killed by the same tiger all at different times. Can you imagine how dangerous, how scary it would be to be walking around in that area of India if you knew that 12 people had already been killed by a tiger? Good luck walking to the well. Yeah, no kidding. So <laughs> things could be worse. You could be getting stalked by a killer man-eating tiger. Uh, what you got for me? Okay, Clay, the internet has been having fun with this story, even though it's kind of sad, but the people have been tweeting it out as cougar killed by a cougar. An Oregon woman who had been reported missing nearly two weeks ago was most likely killed by a cougar. Investigators said this past Tuesday, which was yesterday, the body of Diana Bober, 55, was found Monday off a trail in Mount Hood National Forest three Mondays ago. The medical examiner's office determined that wounds found on her body were consistent with a suspected cougar attack. The samples were flown to the Oregon State Police uh, to do a U.S. Fish and Wild Service laboratory analysis. So they say for sure that that this was a cougar clay. 6,000 cougars, including mountain lions or pumas, are in the state of Oregon. Bober was an avid hiker. That's why she was there in the Mount Hood area. So cougars killing people in the state of Oregon. This is a crazy story, too. Um this uh this we go to New Zealand where a guy got the headline is uh 23 year old decides that he wants to steal a monkey at a zoo this is a real story in New Zealand and so uh this 23 year old named uh, John Casford uh decided he's going to climb into the monkey enclosure he admits he was high as a kite when he bypassed an unsecured gate broke through two padlocks and entered the monkey enclosure at the Wellington, New Zealand Zoo. He had in his mind, according to the article, that he was going to catch one of the zoo's squirrel monkeys uh, and take it home to his girlfriend. All right, so this guy gets high. He decides he's going to go to the Wellington Zoo. He breaks into the monkey enclosure because he thinks he's going to take one of the monkeys out (laughs) of the zoo and give it to his girlfriend. To Uh, impress her? Yeah, I guess so, yes. Uh, And these are all the squirrel monkeys. And all of them, uh, somehow he spends the whole night in there. And uh, he he attempted to steal the monkey. The monkeys uh, are not actually friendly. And they are, according to the article, savage acrobats that will beat uh, the crap out of anyone who actually makes the decision to get in there. And so this guy left, and this is going to be, this is story just gets more crazy. This guy left with a broken leg, two fractured teeth, a sprained ankle, 
and severe bruising. All right, that's bad after the monkeys uh, set up on him and attacked him. But he had to go in front of the uh, the judge, and the judge sentenced him. What do you think his sentencing was for breaking into the monkey enclosure and tr- and being trying to ki- kidnap a monkey? I'm gonna say two years of probation and a fine. He got three months in prison. Two two mo- two ye- Oh wait, whoa, whoa, sorry. Three years in prison. Whoa. Two years and seven months in prison. For, for the attempted monkey burglary and uh, and everything else uh, around it. Uh, and so uh, whatever you decide to do, you get high and you're thinking to yourself, you know what my girlfriend would love. She would love uh, this pet monkey in the zoo. Don't break in and try to get it for her. So I thought that was a, uh, a pretty wild story. I want to go around and poll the crew, though. Uh, this serial killing tiger, it has killed 12 people. Eddie Garcia, is there any doubt that if you are in charge of anything in India at all, you have to have a massive manhunt and kill this tiger? I, I would call out the army. I, I mean, I would do uh, any means necessary to uh, try and find and kill this tiger. I know that it's probably a little more complicated than we might think to find the exact just- one, but you've got to go out and, again, by any means necessary. Can you imagine how crazed this country would be if there were, let's say, a grizzly bear that had killed 12 people. I mean... It would be all over the news. There'd be, be helicopters. The uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. What about you, Roberto? You're on team. You have to kill the tiger, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm with Eddie, yeah. Got to... Some way, somehow, got to find it and kill it. With Dub, who is now in charge of phones. Is Dub there? Dub, any defense at all for the tiger? I'm just surprised they let it get to 12. I mean, I think at 6, you got to pull the trigger. Yeah, I, I, this when I read this story, I was like, tw- I don't understand how, first of all, it's not a bigger story. A serial killing tiger that has killed 12 people, to me, is a no-brainer. You've got to wipe him out. I, I just don't get it. All right, that's Animal Thunderdome. Danny G, you said you had a story you wanted to share. You needed some advice. Yeah, now this kind of ties into Animal Thunderdome from back in the day, Clay, because remember the story we did about the girl who had snakes? And 11 snakes. Yes, and you made the point, how many snakes hot does a girl need to be for you to stay in that room? I said that this girl had 11 snakes, and I said there is no woman on earth that I would date if she kept 11 <laughs> snakes in her house or apartment. I don't care how good-looking she was. <laughs> I don't care how awesome she was in other ways. I think people who have multiple snakes have got issues, and if I walked into an apartment or a, a house or a condo or anything, no matter how good-looking the girl was, I would walk in, see the 11 snakes, I would turn around. It'd be like that Simpsons uh, gif that everybody uses <laughs> where the old man walks into the bar and like immediately uh, you know, like hangs up his hat and then turns around and walks right back out. That's what I would do. I'd be like, all right, uh, good luck finding somebody to date. I'm not it, uh, and I'll see you. I, I would not do it. So you've got a, yeah. you've got a similar question? So this is a how many snakes hot question. I'm going to poll you guys. Love to hear what you have to say about it. Now, you guys aren't on online dating the way I am. I don't know about Dub. We'll have to ask him about that. But so I've been talking to a couple different girls. You know, that's how it goes with with online dating. You get into long conversations with a few different ones, take them on dates. So yesterday I went on a late lunch with a girl and I have to ask you guys and and please, I, all I ask and, I, and I'll give details, but for all our listeners, just don't go through my Twitter friends and try to find her and and get me in trouble because, you know, let's 
I just need your advice discreetly here. So, Does she know what you do for a living? She does, but she's not a sports fan. So I don't, she's not listening right now. So the only way anybody would find out is if we have a rat amongst our army here. Okay. Yeah, so, so you just gave them an indication of how to do it. Just like you said, yeah, right, but, by saying, okay, so you, okay. Okay, but it's okay. And I just texted you, Eddie, Roberto, and Dub a photo of her. So just don't, you know, describe her uh, details of her looks or anything that way. Because that's the thing, Clay, there's. Not to brag, but there's a few females on my friends list, so hopefully no, nobody's going right. to spend the time see, to go through. I see this girl. She would be described as very attractive. What is she like? Uh, is she Asian? Oh, she, Clay, <laughs> I just said do not describe her. Is she her. maybe Asian, I, part mom. Asian and part Hispanic maybe? With, she, so uh, she's, yeah, she's Latina, and some people tell her she has a Japanese look to her, okay? So okay. here's the question. How many snakes hot? Does a girl have to be if she has disgusting table manners? So How I, disgusting are the table manners? At lunch, <laughs> and my friend yesterday, he told me, he's like, you do not talk about this on the on the show with Clay. And I'm like, that makes me want to talk about it more. Yeah. So, so, okay, at lunch, she happens to tell me after we order the food, she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I kind of have bad table manners. I grew up with a big family. We just kind of eat with our hands and because she was kind of bumbling around at the table. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever. But... <laughs> But as she's eating, Clay, um, she she okay. She pulls her food apart with her hands, like the cheese off the bread, and there's like all these carcasses left on her plate after she's done eating. So that like, it was kind of gross. But oh, come but on. no, okay, Eddie. But let me get to this, Eddie, because <laughs> I don't want to sound like Eddie Murphy on, in that movie Boomerang, where he, that girl was really hot, but he didn't like her feet. Okay, she started picking her teeth with the straw from her water glass. Oh, man. Dude, I saw the food that she was able to dislodge oh. with the straw. Okay, I get that she's hot and probably gets away with whatever she wants, but I was grossed out. I, did, I, did I don't even you... see. I, I, maybe it's just me being a single guy. Like, I don't No, but see I this saw as... the food, though, like fling out of her mouth. Well, you what? one, you're 40, right? Yeah. How old is the girl? She is 25. No, she's 34. She's never been married? No. But in L.A., 34 and never married is not that big of a deal. All right, she looks 25, and that's a positive. Uh, I, I just, I, first of all, you don't have to take her out to dinner, right? Like, you can go to a movie. Like, you can go. So uh, she could do that with milk duds? <laughs> I mean, you won't see it. It's dark. True. I, I, I don't see this as a deal breaker at all. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Is this a deal breaker? Uh, no. Uh, Danny G seems very high maintenance to me right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, no, but the food came flying out of the mouth. The, the, the was digging the, the in there with a straw. Right, the first example was nothing. No, I know. I was just nothing. setting up yeah. the straw. Let, let's let's step, pause here for a moment and say, if you are a guy and you are single and you are straight and you are 40, you probably are high maintenance, right? Is there a general agreement out there that like, I understand if like uh, if uh, there's like extenuating circumstances or something, but Danny G at forty to be single and never married, I think you're probably high maintenance. Is that a general idea? Like Danny G sits out here. Let's go around the around the table. How old are you, uh, Eddie? Uh, I am uh, forty eight. All right, so you were married. How old were you when you got married? Uh, I was forty. Okay, so you waited a long time too. Yeah. So do you think you were high maintenance when you waited until you were 40 to get married? Not at all. 
So why did you last till 40? Uh, because I was an idiot. <laughs> In all, were you engaged before then? Uh, I, actually, I had a very serious relationship with my high school sweetheart, and then uh, when that ended, there was like a long drought. Yeah. Of uh, of just working and doing all those kind of right. things to get and the girls probably use toothpicks, right, Eddie? All right, you're out yeah. of the equation right now, Eddie. <laughs> okay. Roberto, how old are you? Thirty seven. How what age were you when you got married? Twenty seven. Do you agree with me in general that if men wait until they're forty years old to get married, they pro- and like there are exceptions, right? If you are a man who waits until you're forty years old and you're the greatest heart surgeon of all time, and you are just so maniacally focused, for instance, on your career. I can understand that more so, right? Let's say you're uh, in the military and you are like overseas for all the all these different shifting uh, locations and everything else. By and large, in general, would you agree with me that men who are single and straight at the age of forty probably have some issues? Yeah, either yeah, either that or they just like maybe they just party too much and they like the single life. Yeah, but I, even that. At the age of uh, at the age of forty, I feel like you would have picked somebody. All right, what Dub? Dub, you're young. How old are you? Twenty five. All right, you're twenty five. When you think about being forty, I'm assuming you're single now, right? That's correct. When you think about being forty, if you think fifteen years in the future, would it surprise you if you were still single and never married at forty? I would guess that I would probably be married more so than single. Yeah, I mean, look, I got married when I was twenty five. So I am 39 and I have been married for 14 years. So my thought in general is that Danny G is looking for reasons. Because once you get to a certain age, you're looking for reasons to eliminate people because you're like, I've already waited this long. I've got to find a perfect person. No, I I hear what you're saying. And sometimes I've wondered about that. I'm not going to lie. But I was DJing inside of hip hop R&B clubs. I was working on a hip hop radio station, Crazy Hours. That was 15 years of my life. And then I jump right into sports radio and you know the hours we hold here. So it takes, it really does take a special woman to handle what you do for a living. And right off the bat, even when you date and a girl asks you what you do and you tell them, it's, they like it in a way because girls like DJs, but in another way, they turn up their nose, Clay, because they just think you're a dog right off the bat and you're going to have different girls that you're talking to and things like that, even though I try to explain to them that it's mostly men listening to sports talk radio, but they still don't like it necessarily, especially if they, ha- especially if they have just even an ounce of jealousy in their bones. They don't like what we do for a living necessarily as far as being in a long relationship with us. So here's the thing in general. Women date men with the idea that women are going to change those men, right? There's never been a woman who went out with a man. Women always think he's okay, but I can fix. Like women look at every man as a project, right? The women immediately look at a man and think, okay, if I date him, then I can get him to change X, Y, and Z, and we will be great, right? Men, by and large, just worry about whether the girl is good-looking or not enough or not, right? By and large, let's True. be honest. Women, women see a man, and they're like, okay, I don't like the way he dresses. He needs to get a better job. I don't like his relationship with, uh, with his family, but here's what I can do to fix all of those things. Women are fixers. Men are almost entirely like, uh, like you said, I'm going to text you a picture of this girl. And so to me, the balancing act for any girl, that's the whole purpose of 11 Snakes Hot, is – you can make an excuse to date pretty much any girl if she is good enough looking, right? There isn't a guy out there 
by and large, almost like you might have your breaking point, but if a girl is good looking, you will forgive almost any flaw, right? Women don't do that by and large. And they're like, oh, this guy is so dreamy looking that I'll forget the fact that I despise everything else about him. There are tons of men listening to us right now, dating and or married to women that they would never speak to again if they weren't incredibly attracted to them, right? Like that's how biology works. That's why all of us exist. This girl, really cute. I think you could solve the table manner issue. That's fair. So like in a joking way, like how many dates in before you can kind of say something about... Well, first of all, I think you just don't go to... If you're that turned off by the, the, the table manners, you just don't go to dinner. Like, I don't understand yeah. why that's complicated. Like, you can go out for drinks. You can go out to movies. Yeah, well, this was, a can, lunch, this was lunch yesterday, so it wasn't right. dinner. but So it was more of a casual setting. I hear what you're saying, though. I can't imagine being at a nice restaurant. You know, you still do date nights with Laura, right? You take her to a nice spot for dinner. Can you imagine her just jamming a, a straw in her teeth and flicking the food across the table from her mouth? Yeah, but that, to me, is just an example of like just a bad behavior that you could remedy. True, that's true. Right, I mean that's not something where like it's it's unsolvable. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Polly from uh, DP shows on hold, and also I'm sure Jeff is going to weigh in on this, but we got uh, the DP show on hold here. All right, Paul Paps, what do you think? What is your like? Eleven snakes hot to me. That's the example of it. Wouldn't matter how good looking a woman was if I walked into an apartment or I walked into a condo or a house and a girl lived there by herself and had eleven snakes. I mean, I would pull the Grandpa Simpson thing. I would walk in look at the snakes, immediately just turn around and walk back out and say, I hope you have a good rest of your life. There's Because I would tell you, there's no way I could sleep in a house that had 11 snakes in it when I knew that those snakes were all in those cages. That's exactly right. There's a lot going on here, Clay. Let me go step by step. You can't get a good night's sleep with 11 snakes in any house, no matter how hot she is. You know, As soon as you close the doors, your nighttime activities are over, you're sleeping with one eye open. All right, back to Danny G. Unless your name is Clooney or DiCaprio, being 40 and single is a big red flag. I I agree with you. How how old were you when you got married? Says a married guy. 34, and I felt like I was entering red flag zone. Now, I will say this. Let me say this. That's first date lunch, and that's her best behavior. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that toothpick thing or whatever in her teeth, that's as good as it's ever going to (laughs) get. I will say this in Danny G's defense. L.A. is like Peter Pan man land. Like, right. there are so many dudes who never get married, and they're, like, 50, and because there's a constant influx of 20-something hot, hot girls. Like, the balancing act between, uh, you know, like, available single girls and guys, I feel like is totally out of whack in L.A., where you can go out and be in your 40s and never be married, and there's still 26-year-old girls who want to date you. And I don't think that exists in the vast majority of the country. You're 100% correct. L.A. and New York, there is that I'm always looking for the next best thing or the better thing, so I'm never going to settle. I think that's the mentality of a single person, New York or L.A. The other thing, Danny G., when you described your date, you basically gave a flow chart to the listeners of how to find this young lady on social media. That was fantastic. Here's (laughs) one more tip for you as a sports radio veteran. Whenever you have a story like this, which could come back to haunt you, pin it on a friend. Hey, I got this guy who went on an online date the other day, and this girl was picking her teeth with a straw. It's always, I got a buddy. Start off the story with, I got a buddy. You keep yourself in the clear. It's a good point. Sounds, good like, advice. sounds like advice from a married guy who's scared of females. Fair <laughs> enough. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. Every man is a little bit scared of his wife. That's just by, natural. By the way, happy, happy anniversary to my wife. It's our 10-year anniversary today. Is oh, it really? Wow. 
That's yeah. very romantic of you to bring it up right Thank after you. we talk about all the awful things that Dan yeah. G's day did. I bet your wife's never picked her teeth with the food flying out and no, hitting but your she arm. Has, she has she has burped loud in, in public. Roberto, does your wife listen to the show at all? <laughs> nah, she's sleeping right now. No, but I mean ever. Like it's on podcast. Like has she ever listened to you on the radio? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good relationship. Yeah. I, and my wife doesn't listen to the in, show that much either. In the beginning, when I first started working in radio years ago, yeah, she did. Now it's like, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, hopefully Danny G's girl is uh, is not listening right now. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Jason Whitlock up with us now at Whitlock Jason on Twitter, 90-minute new expanded. Uh, speak for yourself alongside Marcellus Wiley. Jason Whitlock, we had an earlier conversation. You're a single guy. My argument is that I am so anti-snakes that it doesn't matter how attractive a woman was. If I walked into her house and she had 11 snakes inside that place, I would turn around and walk right back out and not date her. Has there ever been a really good-looking woman that you were not willing to date based on something, uh, some factor like that? It's crazy <laughs> you say that. I have an incredible fear of snakes. Yeah. Uh, and so it wouldn't take 11, it would take one and it wouldn't have to be very big. So if you uh, walked in with any woman's, any woman's apartment, condo house, and she had snakes as pets, you'd be like, I'm not dating this girl. I was at a great party in Vegas two years ago. I think it was a private Halloween party. The MGM had, uh, with a date and the place was huge. It was held in a... The party was held in a suite that was probably 7,000 square feet, but they had this very, they had all these women dressed up beautifully, and one of the women had a gigantic snake. We left the party. <laughs> just like walking around with it draped on her shoulders? Yes. Yeah. yeah I just, I'm, I'm, I have a ridiculous fear of snakes. I'm on, I'm on the table with you there uh, when it comes to snakes. Uh, all right. We were just talking about Serena. Serena says she's a mom, and so she wouldn't cheat. She then says after the match, this is an example of sexism, even though she's playing another woman that was actually rewarded. What was your take on the Serena, like kind of meltdown, I think is a good way to describe it, at the final of the U.S. Open? I'm going to go a different route than some of the things I've said previously. but You just don't have room to say everything, but we have this, celebrity worship culture that is so insane and so far removed from reality, it's embarrassing. Look, freakish athletes uh, are, are so pampered and spoiled and treated differently from childhood all the way through the rest of their life. Uh, we have this insane deal because someone plays tennis well or football well or basketball well that somehow they're this virtuous person that we can all learn from. And really, there may be just only a person who plays tennis well, and everything else about them is a very spoiled, bratty, elite, you know, Serena's probably off the court, no different than Justin Bieber uh, or any of these other celebrities, Lindsay Lohan. I don't know. So when I look at, and that's a little harsh because some of those people have other issues, but 
but but I've been around really freakish athletes, child prodigies or whatever, and they're just raised so differently that it just doesn't surprise me that Serena's a great tennis player, but everything else is just all speculation, and a lot of times we see behavior that just says that this is a spoiled brat, and that's how she looked at this tennis match. She ruined this woman's uh, experience of winning this first uh, major title. She's 20 years old, idolizes Serena. Serena throws such a tantrum, and the whole crowd, because of this PC culture we have, Everybody jumps to Serena's side and starts booing. Uh, so I just thought that, you know, Serena just went too far, uh, called, you know, foolishly. I'd never cheat. And then her coach says, yeah, I was cheating. I was, you know, everybody does it. <laughs> and it, so just not a great look. And Serena's a terrific, the greatest tennis player of all time. Uh, that's about all anybody can demonstrably, decoratively say about her. Everything else is up for speculation. What did you think? So th- that we were just playing the audio. When Serena comes out and, and blames sexism for the way that she was treated, the sports media or whoever the people were in that press conference all clapped and cheered yeah. for her. What does that say? That this time we're living in of just it's this virtue signaling, this PC culture we're living in is just out of hand because no one's sitting there thinking about that other human being, the the chair umpire, and all the. How can I express to Serena that I love her and I'm on the, you know, everybody loves to be on the right side of history and I, look how pro-black I am. This black woman is calling someone sexist and I'm supporting her. And and she couldn't be uh, misinformed or disingenuous or anything else because she's a woman and she's a black woman and she's a great tennis player. So anything she says must be right. There is this other human being that's the chair umpire who may, because I, I think the chair umpire did too much in terms of he should have gave her a soft warning for the coaching so he wasn't backed into a corner when she broke the racket. But But that could just be because... He's a hard-ass umpire with that reputation that men, if you go back and check, men players have been complaining about him for years. That, that, that's his reputation. That's how he treats everybody. And so for her to immediately go, well, he must be sexist, and for people to applaud that is, is a joke. But that's where we are. In, the possibility the guy just made a mistake and or is incompetent or is – too hard ass as an umpire everybody just leaps over all that and just said well I mean, he must be sexist and that's the, we, we see this every day in our culture well if someone uh didn't get your mcdonald's order right well they must be racist uh it's just we just people do dumb things and the reason why i know that is because clay i mean if you've known me i do dumb things yeah, join the and, club. And, and, and I could, look, I did something really, really dumb and inappropriate as it relates to Jeremy Lin years ago. I don't have a problem with Asian people. I just did something incredibly dumb and stupid and inappropriate that I needed to apologize for, but it's not proof that I'm anti-Asian. It's proof that I'm an idiot, occasionally. <laughs> 
It's it's well said. And 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 by the way, the other thing is people don't look at the data here. The data comes out, and it turns out that men have been docked 88 points during the U.S. Open. Women, I think it was 22. So men have been far more likely to be penalized for behavior than women have at the U.S. Open. Listen, it's no one, we're in a time where no one goes out and looks for facts. I admitted this on Speak for Yourself, that look, I watch tennis when Serena's in play for a major. That's it. I don't watch the rest of tennis. I'm ill-informed. I don't have the context. And so what I did, I think this happened on Saturday. I spent the rest of Saturday and Sunday and the early part of Monday researching. Going, well, how was John McEnroe treated during his time? I went and did a bunch of research trying to get context. People aren't doing that. They're ill-informed, and then they're just... As far as their research goes, they go look for their top virtue signaling Twitter feeds, and that's as much information as they need. Oh, well, this guy over Twitter saying that it's uh, sexist and potentially racist, so it must be. And, and only women get treated this way. It must be. No one goes out and acquires information and tries to have an informed, fair opinion. It's just what if I can trash somebody and scream that America is unjust and unfair and, and women are just dogged and black people. Everybody, and look, there is unfairness in the world. But it, there, I think there's just more incompetence in the world than there is uh, sexism or racism. And, and I know people's heads are exploding, but I'm just saying human beings are flawed and continuously do flawed things. Human beings are not uh, necessarily evil as in mass. We just do dumb things. There are some of us that are evil, but most of us just do dumb things. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 